Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the program where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this program is to be a source of inspirational truth that will not only awaken a deeper hunger within you for more of God, but also a source of encouragement when it comes to maintaining a deep passion for the Lord. Leviticus 6.12 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. This Old Testament verse spoke into the sacrificial burnt offering practices of the temple, and it reflects the fact that we as the bride of Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and to maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame this week. This is your host, Keith Collins, and I am blessed to know that you are listening today. Don't know where you're at in the world, but wherever you are, I pray that you are experiencing a deep walk with Jesus, that your heart is aflame, that the purposes of the Lord are alive and well in your life, and that you have a desire to be used by God. You know, there's not one of us, doesn't matter what our background is, where we come from, who our family is, what nation we're from, what state we're from in America— Um, All of us are prime candidates to be used by the Lord for His eternal purposes. So I just encourage you to engage God, I mean, to go deeper in Him. There's many people that maybe come to a season in their lives, maybe even in the latter years or in their middle ages, or or middle age, I'm 55, so I kind of know what that middle age season is all about. But I've talked to people that come to different times in their lives, even those that are maybe in their twilight or final years, and oftentimes I'll hear them express regret, express, um, you know, concerns that they were not faithful to the Lord. Now, we know that God is is merciful, that He's he's forgiving, He's long-suffering, and that He can forgive us even for our rebellion and for our sins of um, not just commission, but sins of omission. In other words, things that we should have done, but we did not do. So the Lord can forgive us. But I, I want to encourage you that one day, According to the Word of God, according to Scripture, we will all stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ, and we will give an account for every word that we spoke, every deed that we done. And and I don't want to stand before Him and have to be ashamed. It doesn't mean I'm going to hell, but it means that I don't want to just know that I could have been faithful and was not, that I could have been diligent, whether in prayer or winning souls or faithful to my family, to my wife, to my children, to my grandchildren, to my community, to my church. Um, You know, I don't want to stand before him and be ashamed, but I want to be able to stand before him and say, Jesus, you were worthy of it all. Every tear I cried in prayer. Every time I went out when I didn't feel like going out to share the gospel, every time I got on a plane and flew to another nation to preach the gospel and to pour into leaders who were planting churches or maybe reaching the poor or the um, the orphans, whatever. But, I mean, every time I did that, it, it was worth it all, Lord, and you're worthy, Jesus, of every even sacrifice. And, and you know, I've I've often said that there's a higher 
privilege or there's a higher place, a higher arching force than discipline and nobility and um, even sacrifice. And all those are, are key words, and they're important with regard to our walk with God. But there's a greater force, and that's the force of love. I, I wrote a book last year that was released in the last quarter of last year called First Love Fire. And the premise or the crux of the book is really showing that love for Jesus, an intimate relationship with Jesus, fuels obedience. It fuels um a desire within us to serve the Lord with everything that we have, that that it is an honor to serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the lover of our souls, the, the Messiah of the Jewish people and every Gentile nation. Jesus Christ, Yeshua, Jesus Christ of Nazareth is worthy of it all. So I just want to encourage you to live wholeheartedly, friend. Don't live a haphazard, up and down walk with the Lord, but jump in, dig in. These are these are dark hours, these are challenging seasons, and I believe the Lord is calling us to a deeper place of intimacy fueled by divine love that brings about obedience, righteousness, holiness, and the fruit of repentance in our lives. So, hey, God bless you today. Again, thank you for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins. Let me invite you to visit our websites. Um, as I shared last week, we do have a new website address for our personal ministry, Generation Impact Ministries. That website is keithcollins.net. KeithCollins.net. We changed it to kind of simplify it. Some people, I think at times, would try to type our other website address in, and it was a little challenging. But this is simple, KeithCollins.net. Or you can also visit the website for our network, our apostolic network of leaders, and that is simply Impact GF Impact the letter G, the letter F, dot org, dot O-R-G. And that stands for, of course, Impact Global Fellowship. But anyway, check us out. Um, we are adding things to those sites, and we, in, in the very near future, we're going to have some, some different resources, e-courses, things like this available. But currently, you can go in there, and you can find articles that I've written, some of those through Charisma in different places. You can also um, click on certain spots in there and see where you can get our books for sale that are for sale on Amazon. Um, also, if you want to stand with us, listen, we, we need partners, you know, those that, that give at least $25 a month. We call you our impact partners. And, you know, you're helping us make an impact in the nations of the earth. You know, we've, we've been blessed to, to go into so many nations, 38 nations now, to preach the gospel, to make disciples, to train leaders, to help plant churches, to, to, to reach the poor, to even reach out to those that are coming out of human trafficking. There's so many things that the Lord's put on our heart. Another thing that we're doing, we have a radio um, program that, that airs every week on Saturdays in many parts of the world. We're actually reaching, our, the signal that we have is reaching 48% of the world's population, including the nation of China, the nation of North Korea. We're, we're in the Philippines. We are in the northern part of Australia. We are reaching and many, many, many people, many people in the 1040 window. Some of you know what that is. But um, 
hey, it takes it takes finances, it takes administrative help, it takes a lot of different, whether it be engineering, the sound, and all those kind of things. So, so we do need your help. So you, you can go on either one of those websites, keithcollins.net, impactgf.org, and there's a donate or give button. Just click that. You can give a one-time gift or you can become one of our impact partners that are so crucial. I mean, you guys are on the front lines with us and we feel your support, your prayers, your love. Thank you, thank you, thank you for standing with us with Generation Impact Ministries, with myself, my wife Darla. Um, You guys are a huge blessing. So check us out, both websites. Real quick update, my wife continues to do very well. Her, Her vision is coming back slowly but surely. We are still believing for the Lord just to recreate her eyes. You know, she she has a condition called keratoconus, and um, she's challenged with vision. She had this radical surgery, like a five-hour surgery, about three weeks ago yesterday, so a little over three weeks ago now, and very painful. Um, and she's had some challenges, but she's doing better. The pain has subsided. She's beginning to get some of her vision back. But just just pray. Listen, we're just asking God, Lord, just restore 2020 vision to her eyes. So just stand with us in prayer. But again, overall, she's doing fantastic. So thank you again for praying with us, praying for Darla. Amen. Well, listen, let me jump right into something today. You know, last week, I... I I had a message and a theme that I dealt with, and I called it meekness or apostolic meekness or brokenness, apostolic brokenness, um, or maybe even we could call it the joy of brokenness. But, But I felt like I needed to come back today. And um, and deal with some other issues connected to this dynamic of how the Lord develops us through meekness and through and in humility and in brokenness. And that, listen, there there. There's not a shortcut that I've found in the kingdom of God. Now, now, I'll be honest with you. I'm 55 now, or I'll be 55 September the 14th, so just a few days here. But, um, but you know, in my late teens, because I started preaching at such a young age, I started pastoring in my first church when I was 19. Not saying I was qualified, but the Lord opened a door, and I learned a lot there. But, but in my earlier years, um, you know, to be honest with you, I had a lot of aspirations. I had a lot of vision, a lot of goals, and some of that's fine. And I think that, you know, the Lord allows us to experience and even see things. We, we see in the life of Joseph that even as a very young, young boy, young man, the Lord began to show him his destiny and his, his calling. And he gave him dreams and dreams of his, his brothers bowing down to him and all this stuff. And in his youth and in his, in maturity, he shares this with his brothers and they begin to hate him. And, you know, the story how they sold him into um, slavery pretty much he ends up in Egypt and the Lord just blesses him and you can see even at a an early age of his life even in the midst of being in prison in the midst of being falsely accused by Potiphar's wife of coming on to her sexually all these type of things we just see the hand of God upon his life but he had to mature into his calling and I will share with you that it took brokenness to bring maturity in other words he went from the pit where his brothers put him to the to the palace then to the prison then back to the palace and literally became aside from pharaoh he was the the head of of egypt and was a a, a brilliant man he understood agriculture he understood seasons and the lord gave him vision he could interpret dreams and he was a mighty forceful leader but it took brokenness to develop him into the leader that he became and listen to me you can't negate 
the working of the Lord in your life. In other words, there are things you don't know because you've never been there to know them yet. And and I know things at my age now that I, I did not know when I was 35. I did not know when I was 45. I didn't know when I was 40. But but through brokenness, through um, failure, just being honest with you, um, through um, pain, through disappointment, through betrayal, you, you begin to learn things. And, and I found out that every season, despite how painful it is, that Romans 8.28 does come into being, that all things do work together um, for those who, who love the Lord and are called according to His purposes. And even in the midst of the pain, the Lord is doing His divine work in our hearts and in our lives. And, and oftentimes what we try to rebuke is the purposes of God developing a vessel qualified by meekness, not by talent, not by gifting, not by education, not by um, natural experience, but by brokenness qualified to carry or to handle the glory of the Lord. I've said for years that anointing and gifting without character is a train wreck that will eventually happen. And we've seen, unfortunately, we've seen a lot of train wrecks with regard to ministry and, and life. And, and it's, it's a, it's a tragic thing. But, but listen, there is a process of brokenness that I believe the Lord wants to speak into us today. And I'm going to continue this. And this is really part two of what I started last week. And let me, let me just share um, again, from John 15 chapters or verses, excuse me, verses one through three. This is the <clears throat> amazing chapter that talks about what it means to abide in the Lord, to abide in Jesus. So listen to the words of the Lord. Jesus said, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, again, as I shared last week, the part in me, or the, the part that I see, the part to me that stands out is he says every branch that does that does bear fruit, he proves that every tree, every branch that does not bear fruit, the scripture in this same narrative shares that he takes those branches and he throws them in the fire. They are burned up. In other words, they have no place in the kingdom of God. But, those individuals, which are represented by branches here, we're, we're the branch, right? He's the vine. He's the source from where the, the, um, the sap comes from, the source, the nutrient, so to speak, in the spirit realm. Everything that is life-giving comes from the vine, and it flows into the branches. But he said, if you are truly a branch, if you're truly born again, if you're truly a child of God, how does he develop you? He cuts you back. He he prunes you. He allows you to go through seasons where you experience brokenness. You experience humility, and this comes in different ways. Listen, we can look at Isaiah, the sixth chapter, and many of us know this well. Isaiah was a prophet at this point when he has this amazing experience with the Lord. And many of you know the scripture where he he beholds the Lord in his temple. He said his train fills the temple. He's high and lifted up. He sees his holiness, his glory, um, the fire of God, the angelic creatures. And what is his response? His response is, woe is me. In other words, I'm not worthy to even see this. I'm, I'm a 
man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. Well, the fact is he was already in prophetic ministry, but when he beheld the glory of the Lord, he was shattered. He was broken. He experienced a, a level or a realm of, of meekness that comes through deeper understanding and deeper experiences with the Lord and his cry from his heart is God I'm not I'm not even worthy I'm woe is me Lord I'm I'm unclean so so listen to me um the Lord prunes the believer he cuts them back why so that he might qualify them further to carry the eternal purposes of God upon their lives and within their lives. So therefore, it takes shatterings from the Lord to condition us effectively to walk in what God has called us to walk in. It's it's not about talent, my friend. It's not about gifting. Listen, I'm I I understand that that gifts are important, and even the nine gifts of the Spirit. The, Paul tells us that we should desire them, and, and I think that's important. But but listen to me, there are people that actually have gifts in their lives, including gifts of the Spirit, but they have not allowed the pruning of the Lord to create a vessel worthy of God's usage, and therefore, unfortunately, we see people that can move in the gifts at times. But they're not really right with God. So I, I remember as a very young man, I was, you know, born again as a teenager and was very new to this entire ministry thing, especially, um, you know, a, a charismatic Pentecostal type dynamic. It was completely foreign to me. And I began to watch people as a teenager that could do things like call people out. And man, they could give dates and they could say, hey, I see a cancer in your stomach. And it blew me away. But I was, I was shocked. Um, people that had the gift of faith or the gift of healing, even people that had an anointing to preach to where when they preach, you could feel the presence of God. You could feel conviction or you could feel the fire of God. And man, I was kind of enthralled and overwhelmed. And I, I thought, man, these are like, these people are so close to Jesus. And thankfully, um, some of them, more than half of them were, but but I began to find out not too long after that, that many of these people are, are several of these people had a gift in their life or had gifts in their lives, but their character was out of whack. And, and you know, I, I, I was shocked. I mean, shocked whenever um, I was probably, I was about 16 years old and there was a, a brother who had a real strong gift in his life. And man, I was like scared to even be around him because I felt like he would see right through me and be able to judge my heart or see my heart. So you have to understand a teenage boy that was new to all this experience. But I was shocked when I found out that he was living in an adulterous relationship, still preaching, still moving in word of knowledge, still doing revival, still traveling around the country. I mean, it, it shattered me. And I, I realized as a young man that it's not the gifts, it's not the talent, it's not the oratory skills, it's not the ability to manipulate a crowd through, you know, even the ability to preach or to speak or to move in the gifts, but it's do we really know him? And there's something that I found out, and I don't have time to develop this today, maybe I'll, I'll do a podcast on this, but there's an, there's a difference between people who, um, moving and anointing. I know the anointing is representative of the Holy Spirit. I completely understand that. And I understand the um, 
the the root of it, even the anointing oil in the Old Testament, how precious it was. You could not even replicate that without experiencing the judgment of the Lord. But but I did begin to realize that there's a difference between people with an anointing and a gift and people that carry the glory of Jesus with them. In other words, the holiness of the Lord. Listen, you can be excited, you can jump up and down, you can feel something all day long. And I'm not saying it's not even legitimate to a level or to a point, but but the glory of the Lord, the holiness of Jesus, the weight of his personality, the weight of his nature, when he steps into the room or when someone is walking close to his holiness, even when they pray, there's a difference. And I, I, I begin to realize that that those that the Lord had allowed to prune them were the ones that were carrying the glory of the Lord upon their lives. And, and I've, I've, I've realized that as followers of Jesus and as leaders, we, we are thrust into this life of really following the Lord that's really based on trust, not just some code of, of ethics with a doctrinally sound um, you know, system of beliefs or proper doctrine, but we are discipled, commissioned to make disciples. And how are we developed? We're developed through trust. In other words, when the Lord chooses to prune us, we have to trust the pruning. Listen, um, I, I, I've made some decisions in ministry that were wrong. However, my heart was pure when I made them. And the Lord used those wrong, now that I look back, I say they were wrong because when I look back, I would not have done that the way that I did it. But at the same time, I felt like it was the only thing I could do. But but looking back, I don't say, God, why did you let that happen? But I say, I say Lord, thank you for teaching me through that experience. And it, it pruned me. Listen, there have been times in 38 years of ministry that I've been kind of put on a shelf that literally months um, went by and I was just kind of just doing, I mean, of course, praying and stuff like that. But I mean, but the Lord um, had me in a season of transition. And the thing that I had to learn was in the pruning, I had to trust that the Lord is more faithful to his calling upon my life than I am to the calling upon my life. Listen, Jesus willingly laid his life down as the son of man he he became sin and laid his life down on a cross it was the the ultimate image or visual or picture of trust knowing that the father would have to raise him back to life and i believe there's a picture there that has to do with the ultimate level of pruning that's why jesus said if you're going to be my my disciple pick up your cross and follow me what does that take it takes trust friend it, it takes letting go of your desires, letting go of what you think you're supposed to do and be, and allowing the Lord to do what he needs to do to get you where he wants you to be. You see, as followers of Jesus, as leaders, there is a daily mandate to call and call upon us, I'm sorry, to pick up our cross, to trust our Father with the destiny of our lives. And, and what does this mean? Listen, oftentimes it means we have to deny what we can do in our own strength and in our own effort. Because why? Because we accept that that God will do it in the right season. Therefore, we got to resist self-promotion. Listen, I've, I've, I've talked to so many people through the years that they knew that they were the ones that were supposed to be pastoring. They were the ones that were supposed to be launching out in this ministry, that, that they're the ones that had the anointing and the gift. And the dangerous thing with that is oftentimes we try to push 
the destiny of God in our flesh and our character is not developed in order to handle the position, the role, the maybe it's a senior type role. And and what happens through self-promotion is oftentimes, like I said earlier, a train wreck happens. And um, and therefore, the pruning takes place oftentimes in the what season? When do we prune trees or bushes? Oftentimes, we prune them in the time of winter, in a time of dormancy. And the Lord will cut us back. He will allow us to experience dormancy with regard to our calling, with regard to our leadership role. Again, it doesn't mean we stop loving people. It doesn't mean we stop witnessing or we stop praying. But it means that the Lord will deliberately take us into dormant seasons. And when it's dormant, He'll prune us. And sometimes, even whenever we're productive and we see the fruit of ministry all around us, the Lord will prune us even in that season. So there's there's really a lot of understanding that, that comes through walking with the Lord. And listen, um, you know, we are called to seek first the kingdom of God. And and he said all these things will be added to us. But but oftentimes we seek all the things before we seek first the kingdom of God. In other words, um, you know, we love the testimonies of the people that we hear about that seek God in the secret place. But then sometimes even with others being promoted, we grow envious because it's happening to them instead of to us. But you see, you see, this is why the brokenness, this is why apostolic humility through the cross is so necessary to the heart of a leader. And I've, I've come to understand that, listen, my job, my role is to pick up my cross, right? My role is to deny self. The Lord's role is is to open doors. The Lord's role is promotion. In other words, my role is the cross. His role is the resurrection or the reward. And, you know, oftentimes we we seek the reward instead of seeking the giver of the reward. Therefore, never reject an opportunity to die to self because by doing so, friend, you waste an opportunity for the Lord to promote you in His season in his time. So, so you see, many times in the church, um, you know, we'll see people blessed and, and lifted up and even prosper on the outside, but we don't realize that they had to go through a dark season of pruning and dormancy to get to that place. In other words, it was in the process of the pruning that the Lord qualified them and their character to handle God's promotion in their lives. And and therefore, we don't know what people have been through. But let me let me just say this, and, and I'm, I'm coming to my, my stopping point here. I might do some more on this next week because there's so many things in my heart regarding this. But listen, friend— you really cannot shortcut the area or the, 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 the dynamic of brokenness and meekness in your life. It's, it's an ongoing shattering that brings us to the place of, number one, knowing that in our weakness he's made strong. And here's the thing. Um, you can be a strong, strong, strong believer. And, and listen, I understand that we stand in faith. We speak truth. We speak to demons and they flee. I, I totally understand that entire dynamic of the kingdom at the same time because of who Jesus is, because of who the Lord is in our lives. We are constantly drawn into a deeper level of death and brokenness. And therefore, we throw ourselves on the Lord and we say, Jesus, your will for my life, your glory in my life and no self-glory. 
Friend, meekness, brokenness, humility is key to the kingdom. And um, you can't get away from this. You, you'll see the lives of men, great men and women of God. The deeper they go in the Lord, the deeper, sometimes the more severe the pruning. But it's part of the eternal process. And I just encourage you to embrace the pruning of the Lord in your life. Hey, God bless you. Again, we thank you so much for coming today and listening to Maintain the Flame. Can I ask you to do me a favor? Share this podcast with someone, maybe someone you're thinking of that needs to hear this. Also, make sure visit us, keithcollins.net or impactgf.org. And friend, if you can stand with us, I unashamedly ask you, we're touching lives around the world. Can you stand with us as an impact partner? $25 or more a month or a one-time gift. Go to those websites. Check us out. We love you, and we'll see you next week on Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins today. I trust that you've been blessed and encouraged as you've listened. And if you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then let me encourage you to listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at keith-collins.org or impactgf.org. May the fire of God burn brighter and hotter in your life. God bless you.